I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. I'm David Kosh and this is The Call. One hour at midday Eastern every day where we chat with two experts about 10 stocks that you suggest and we do it all in 60 minutes. Terrific to have Michael Gable from Fairbond Equities with us today. Michael, how are you, sir? Thanks, David. How are you feeling about the markets at the moment? Pretty good. Still feeling pretty good. Okay. They're heading the right way. Good. Um, And I think there's further to run. So, um, yeah, look, happy days. Excellent. Um, Still some good opportunities out there. Uh, David Novak from uh, Wealthwise Education is with us. David, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You're getting more nervous. I am. Last time we spoke to you, you were big into cash, waiting for... And I saw saw a um, chart out, Scuddy, David Scutt on Ausbiz, tweeted out a chart going back 30 years on epic uh, optimism and epic pessimism. And... uh, we're off the charts at the moment. Oh, we are. We're, we're totally off the charts. Yeah, I think we had the best November since uh, January 87. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm taking money off the table here. You know, I trade derivatives, so I've been trading the XJO, the ASX 200, that is, index. Right. So you're so, shorting it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, shorting it. Yeah, absolutely. Today. Yeah. Um, right. I'm taking some light positions and then adding it to it. Right. But um, yeah, so I'm taking some money off the table. We've seen an 800 point rally in six straight weeks. It's 13.5%. So everybody's cheering. It's fantastic. But uh, look. Great for our super funds and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But also in the US, if you look at the, what, there's another indicator called the put call ratio. That's the lowest in 21 years. So in other words, everybody's everybody's so bullish, they're buying call options. Right. Derivatives, call options versus put options. Right. So that's the only time it happened before that was just prior to the dot-com collapse mania. So. Mm. So, yes, so I've got lots of reasons to be cautious up here and taking some money off right. the table. So you're building up cash reserves? Yeah, totally, right. but also going short as well on some, okay. some instances here. Michael, does that make you feel nervous? <laughs> no, no. No, look, I mean, these, these runs can go on longer yep. than you expect, and I'm confident that when I see a reversal, I can do something about it. Right. Um, so that's fine. I'm happy to ride so it. So you keep some powder dry now anyhow, if there is a correction? Yeah. Oh, look, just a little bit. But yeah. I think any correction would probably only be in the order of, say, 5%. So, right. you know, traditionally, when you're coming out of a recession, markets do well. We've got a lot of yep. stimulus. I think um, there's a lot underlying why our market can do well over the course of several months or so. Um, yeah. So look, any short-term pullback, I think, will be um, will be bought up. So you know, if we get a bit of a wobble in the market, I'm happy to take a bit off the table. We've done that before. We did that in yeah. February, yeah. Um, and then we'll come back in when that that pullback's right. over. But okay. I don't think it's going to be a deep one whenever okay. it does happen. All right, it's going to be fascinating. That's why you've got to keep watching Ozpivs. Markets change. You're the first to hear about it and uh, get the expert views. Now, before we get into your ten stocks, I always choose a stock that I think's making headlines. 
talking about superannuation funds doing well, New Zealand-based Infratil is turning down over $5 billion in a takeover bid from Australian Super, saying it materially undervalues its asset. It comes after the Aussie super giant had already upped the offer in late November after an initial proposal in October, marking a 28% premium to Infratil's closing price last week. In a statement to the market, Infratil said it would review its majority ownership of Tilt after receiving buyer interest. Uh, shares across the Tasman have spiked on the news and certainly here in Australia. Um, Infratil um, comes up on the call pretty regularly and our experts basically say, yes, it's an infrastructure stock, but it's almost like a private equity infrastructure uh, stock. It's quite an aggressive buyer of infrastructure like uh, renewable energy. It's got a whole bunch of things in its portfolio and has done pretty well. Uh, David, what do you think of Infratil? Um, It's had, had a massive share increase the last couple of days. Yeah, I'd take the money and run on this one. Right. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be a shareholder, um, look, just yep. on valuation, you know, um, it, it's a premium price they're paying here, um, way above market in my view. But, you know, then if you read the director's comments, they're saying it's undervalued given yep. their renewable assets and yep. um, investment. So, uh, but look, on an earnings front, look, this doesn't shoot the lights out. It's, it hasn't performed very well from, my, from an earnings growth point of view. Um, you know, you've got an average median price here. Well, in fact, you know, if you look at it, there's no, there's four brokers that cover it with no, no forecast on the price. Intrinsic value of $4.18 is the calculated right. intrinsic value of this. Right. And it's trading at whatever it is, right. $5.60. $6.90. $6.90. So there you go. Well above intrinsic. Um, so for my money, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is time to take the money and run. Okay. And find better opportunities. Michael, what do you reckon? Um, I'd probably be yeah, leaning towards taking the money and run, even though um, there could be further upside. But you just yeah. have to think in terms of um, you know, what share price appreciation have we seen so far. Um, any further upside from here would be a small percentage of what we've already seen. So in terms of your risk reward, you're probably risking yeah. everything we've seen so far if, yeah. if Australian Super walks away. Yeah. Uh, but if they up their offer, it can only be marginally higher than where it is now potentially. So. You know, listening to what management say, you know, potentially they'll need to increase the offer or someone else comes in. Um, I guess it's quite bullish in a way that they've you know, had that initial offer back in November and they've had to, to yeah. come back and, um, and increase it. But yeah, again, just thinking in terms of where it could go if they were to withdraw, um, I'd be tempted to, um, um, okay. to take it here. So is it one of those things where, you know, because you don't have to be all in or all out, do you? Do you, mm. you know? Bank seventy five percent and yeah. let let the other twenty five percent go and see if you can get a high yeah. price. If it if it comes back, you you're basically covered. Yeah, potentially. I mean, especially considering it's a it's a bull market, and despite what David thinks, I think the market's got further to run. So yeah. you know, you've got that that tide, I suppose, um, yeah. behind you as well. That's yeah. what makes the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right, it's um, fascinating, but highly regarded stock, that's for sure. All right, let's get into your um, stock of uh, the days that, that you suggested, the 10 stocks you want us to have a look at. Um, and Michael, uh, Luke wants a view on James Hardy, the uh, the big building materials group, uh, mm. not only here, but um, big operations in the United States, big in plasterboard and things like that, yep. aren't they? Yeah, so 
they've, they've got a big presence in the US. Yep. Um, and, and obviously they're seeing the benefits of, um, I guess, households spending more at home instead of traveling, but also it's, there's very much a story of increased stimulus in, the, um, you know, in that sector. So um, they're seeing an acceleration in their, in their sales um, and the share price uh, has well exceeded those peaks that we saw in February. So, you know, the, this is a stock that, that we've got some of our clients holding and I'm, you know, still happy to uh, continue holding it. So, um, you know, generally it's earnings growth um, is usually in the 20s, um, which is pretty good. So, yep. look, it's growing really well. I think it's in a sweet spot at the moment um, with what's happening in terms of um, construction spend. The chart looks good. Look, it's had, a, it's had a weak few days, but the broader trend is still there. So ultimately, yep. it's one that I'd be happy to hold. Uh, would you buy at this levels or? I'd, it, it's close to levels I'd buy. I mean, I'd, I'd wait for this short-term pullback to be over and then to see a reversal. But, right. but I mean, for the sake of the show, I'd be happy to say it's a buy here, okay. thinking longer term. Okay. David? Yeah, look, I'm very much the same as Michael's views there. It's a hold. I wouldn't be buying up here. Yep. Um, you'd have a stop, um, you know, below just below 35 on this stock. I mean, it's had a massive run from those, yeah. you know, um, March lows. I mean, even pre-COVID, um, the highs uh, pre-COVID was just above $30. So it's $10 above that. Um, yeah. You know, and we're seeing a lot of this happen. Who would have thought? Yeah, you know? look at that five-year uh, yeah. five high, just off its five-year high, set it. And um, last month, yeah, and there's a, look, there's a there's a building, there's a housing boom in the U.S. Yep. happening, you know, building boom. That's where their 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 revenue is really kicking up. Yeah, um, you know, in the last um, year, six to twelve months, they've had a nice increase in revenue and mm. earnings growth. Yeah, um, so no reason it won't continue. But again, uh, trading on thirty six times earnings multiple, yep. I mean. Hey, what you know? It's cheap compared to a lot of other stocks out there. <laughs> at the dividend, well, it's, it's not a tech stock, is it? Yeah. And <laughs> it, it is regarded as being the best in that sector, isn't yeah, it? Out yeah, of yeah. CSR and Boral and, yeah. and yeah. James Hardy. Yeah. yeah, so that with that North American presence. Uh, yeah. So um, you know, the dividend you wouldn't be buying it for dividend yield because it's right. so small; it's like half a percent. So um, yeah, just hang in there. But I wouldn't be chasing it up here. Okay. All right. Uh, David, uh, Jacob wants a view on uh, Carnarvon Petroleum, an uh, oil mm. and gas uh, explorer um, in the Northwest Shelf. It's gone through a, a fairly um, feisty annual meeting in the, uh, in the, la the last couple of weeks by, by the look of it, with uh, a lot of independent retail shareholders voicing uh, concern about remuneration and appointments to the company's board. So. Yeah, look, uh, this one's um, had a uh, checkered career, I've got to say. Um, as I said, it's, uh, it's an explorer. I mean, the, what's the, the main interest in this stock is their Northwest Shelf projects, particularly yep. Dorado, where they have a 20% interest. Santos has 80% interest in that prospect. Um, it's a really good oil discovery, that one, oil yep. and gas. So they've got some really good prospects up in the Northwest Shelf. And, um, you know, the company's got a bit of cash in the bank. It's... Look, it's, it's, it's just over $400 million in market value. They've got $111 million in cash. They've got plenty of cash. They're not burning through the cash. Um, they seem to be preserving their cash. Yeah. But look, for my money, um, I think this is a takeover target uh, right. by Santos. Personally, I'm, I'm surprised mm -hmm. that Santos hasn't made a move on this company and taken the, the, or at least 
bid for the 20%, but yeah. why not buy the whole company? Because they've really got some great assets here. Yeah. Uh, and see, Dorado doesn't come online until um, 2025 <coughs> is what they're proposing. So it's a fair way off before they get into production. Right. Um, but look, they're, they're, I remember going to a presentation a couple of, a year, at least a year or two ago uh, in the city here and um, listening to the managing director. And the first thing he said when he stepped up on stage, and I think everybody chuckled when this was only about eight, uh, 10 or 11 cents. I didn't chuckle. It went up to 60 cents after right. that when they discovered Dorado was that this would be the next Woodside. Whoa, <laughs> gee, is that, that, that's confidence, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And a few people had a laugh, you know, but I wasn't laughing. I can see this. They've got some really good stuff out there, but not immediately, you know, longer term. But oh. they have got some very big prospects. So, you know, this is one of the best, if not the best explorer in Australia, as far as I'm wow. concerned. And, um, but if you're looking for, you know, a producer in the small cap area, I like Horizon Oil, HZN. Yep. I mean, that's six and a half cents, market cap of 85 million. You know, they've got cash flow, positive cash flow of 40, 50 million. No, no debt. Right. They've got about seven and a half million in cash. I mean, they're significantly undervalued in my view as, right. an, as a producer, right. not as an explorer. Okay. Yeah. So when, when you look at, as an investor, you, uh, if you like particular sectors, you, depending on your risk profile and all that sort of stuff, yeah, you look for the the big established ones like the Woodside and your sand tosses, then the next level and maybe there's a couple of roughies that you think, okay, I'll put a small amount on yep. some of these junior explorers that that may have the goods in the future. Yes. Would this qualify this as one of qualify those? This would qualify for one right. of those, definitely. Um, you know, and I wouldn't consider this highly speculative at all because right. they have actually they've got a number of prospects and they've got um, you know, Phoenix is another one um you know they've got some really you know big big possibilities mm, there okay. so I, I wouldn't consider this highly speculative or given the amount of cash they've got and that dorado okay prospect. so would you buy it at this price i i would yep i would okay michael yeah i think it also looks pretty good so it um you know good assets there i you know i'm bullish on energy stocks in general i think there yeah. is a tailwind there right. in terms of the oil price um, so is that what you do as well as a sort of so professional, if you look, do you, do you have a mix um, and which yeah. are going to be the best leverage to the increase in the oil price, the big guys, the middle and the specs? Yeah, so firstly, we determine what sectors we want to be in based on the macro environment. So yeah. again, coming back to coming, the economy coming out of a recession, et cetera, et cetera, that benefits, commodities, energy stocks. So that tells me to look at that space. Yep. Um, and then we drill down to the better companies. And then of course, we look at the charts to make sure we're getting something right. that's gonna head the right way. Right. Um, for my clients, I tend to, I mean, we've got a, you know, we've got our energy exposure and that's more in the, the, the first level. Right. So your, your Woody's, Santos, Beach, yeah. et cetera. But if I was looking for something at this tier, I do like the look of um, Carnarvon for the reasons that, mm. that David's mentioned. Okay. I think it's the right space. Um, you know, the way, it's, the way it's trading looks really good. So if we start talking charts, um, between about June and October, it formed what's known as a cup and handle formation, which is basically a consolidation in preparation of another rally. And now it's rallying again. Yep. Um, it seems to have stalled the last couple of days. I noticed that Macquarie um, downgraded it yesterday. I think they're a little bit mm. concerned there might, despite the cash, they might have to do an equity raising down the track 
right. to um, continue funding some of their projects. But I think that aside, everything else looks okay. pretty good. So I'd be happy to have and this And you look one. at their share, their biggest independent shareholder is Malcolm McCusker, uh, the former governor of Western Australia. Uh, he's the one trying to get the uh, executives on the board to cut mm. their pay because he reckons they're uh, going overboard. Uh, he is a mover and shaker in, in Perth and yeah. WA, that's for yeah. sure. So you've, you've got a pretty good register there as well. Yeah. All right, um, Jacob, interesting company. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. I hadn't been following Carnarvon before your suggestion, so uh, appreciate that. Um, Michael James wants a view on Reese. So we go, this is what I love about the call. We go from sort of small speculative, we'll put, so you speculate, David doesn't think it's speculative, uh, oil explorers through to a plumber. And uh, a plumbing organisation, Reese, of course, is in bathroom, heating, ventilation, waterworks, air conditioning, refrigeration, straight in New Zealand and uh, the US, both retail and uh, professionals. Um, what do you think of Reese? Um, so I, I suppose this one's in some respects similar to James Hardy in terms of the tailwinds and the construction spend and, yep. and where they're at and, that, and that's reflected in the share price performance over the last year. Just like James Hardy, it's uh, uh, it surpassed those peaks that we saw in February and it's having a, a great run. I mean, the, the share price at the moment seems to be stalling at the October peak. It does look like it wants to push through that. Um, the other positive is that they've got about a billion dollars in cash. They do have a bit of debt, but there is the potential for them to make acquisitions. Okay, so just for, for people who don't follow the charts as well as you two blokes do, yeah. um, when you see that chart there, uh, getting up, trying to push past its peak of early October, yep. that's if it pushes past, that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So if at it the moment, butts up and comes down, you know there's resistance. Yeah. There. So so quite logically, at that peak in October, someone was buying it, and they're feeling right. a bit silly about themselves because they bought the top, and the psychology of most people is as soon as I get my money back, I'm out right. of this because I don't want to book right. a loss, even though. You don't pay tax on a loss, it doesn't make sense. But that's what that's yeah. how people think. Yeah, yeah. So it'll get back to that level and those people will sell it. It'll struggle for a bit. If it can get past that level, it means that all those people regretting that purchase are now gone. They've done their selling, they're gone. Yeah. And it's in blue there's sky. A bit, of, bit of optimism. And yeah, and then there's no, no okay. selling resistance. So we might see a, a little bit of resistance here. Um, the negative in my opinion is that unlike James Hardy, which grows its earnings at 20-something percent every year. Um, this company's earnings at the moment are, are fairly flat. Um, so they've seen an improvement because of that, that construction tailwind. But I think for a company that trades on a P over 20, fairly flat earnings, it just looks a bit, bit risky bit up here. So the right. trend's good, but it's not enough for me to start buying, especially with resistance close yep. by. Okay. Yeah, look, I agree. Now, now that's a weird chart for people who are seeing that they obviously did some sort of issue or share split maybe yeah or yeah it would uh, have been a share split, spun a share split. if that looks like a share the share split, split does not so something. don't get uh, yeah don't get caught get up to, uh, don't get caught up in that too much yep um but that other chart that you showed yeah uh now you've got to be very cautious on here there's a couple number of reasons and you've got to be very cautious uh one is when you looked at that chart pattern if that fails and does not, uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. If that uh, fails and does not break above that previous high and actually breaks below that previous low, which is at thirteen dollars, 
uh, that'll form what we technicians we call a double top right. pattern, and that's a bearish. That's, that's a very bearish pattern. Okay, right. um, I agree with Michael about the the earnings. It's just been like I don't know why this stock again. That the yield is just you know it's half percent. Yeah. Um, earnings are flat. Uh, Thirty six times earnings multiple. Grossly overvalued in my view. Yeah. Five brokers have an average price target of eleven dollars forty. Oh, so it's twenty-seven wow. percent above that. So for my money, this would be a, a big sell right here, yep. and especially if it breaks below thirteen, you don't want to be in this stock. So right. um, it's very risky buying up here, in my view. And plus, there's another indicator called the Relative Strength Index (RSI), yeah. better known as, and any technicians will know this. But right now, it's showing what they call a bearish divergence on right. that right. indicator. So that's another reason um, showing that even though it looks like the strength of the stock is going up, the yeah. internal measurement is not as strong as what it indicates. So another big warning from a okay. technical. Stock. All right, James, you've been warned by my <laughs> Michael and David there. Um, if you if you run it up, maybe take some profits, take money off the table, as David puts it. Uh, Deepak, um, David wants a view on Tyro uh, payments, basically Tyro. Um, provide the FPOS machines for a lot of small businesses uh, around the company, compete with the big banks um, who do a similar thing, but they're in that small end of the market which the banks seem to have ignored and, and don't want a piece of. Yeah, look, this is all swept up in the buy now, pay later space, yeah. isn't it? You know, the sentiment. I mean, they, they have, don't have any positive earnings. In fact, just by memory, I think they... Um, um, had increased their losses from the previous year. Oh. Um, but look, terrible numbers here. Um, people are buying the story. Uh, the valuation is like 1.8 billion almost. Um, the chart looks terrible to me. It's um, up here from a technical perspective. Um, it's having a lot of what I call selling resistance between $4.30 and $4.50. And it's just starting to show some weakness here and some selling. So um, again, I would not be buying this one at all um, until I see, you know, like show me the money basically. Yeah. But yeah. look, they've got some good growth prospects and you know, their, their revenues, they've got, they're in the merchant um, area, uh, payment merchant business. Yeah. They're the fifth largest. However, again, translating that, you know, you've got, I wanna see the, that translate to the bottom line. Yeah. So to me, it's just significantly expense, you know, overvalued up here. Right. So, okay. And there's better plays in that space anyway. Uh, like what? Well, I think um, Zip right. would be one yeah. play. I wouldn't be chasing Afterpay, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> i said that a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, th but uh, in the whole space, I'd just not chase it right now, right. given what I'm just seeing about the NASDAQ, what's going on in the US market yeah. and everything yeah. else. Um, yes, I wouldn't be, be chasing careful. anything right now. Okay. Michael, Tyra? I'd also fairly cautious here I mean it's it's one I've kept a little bit of an eye on because I thought this one could benefit from the whole reopening so they um, you know the merchants use their their machines <coughs> for people to come and buy yep. their their goods the cafes the restaurants and, yeah, yeah. All, all that sort of thing so obviously the lockdown in Victoria hurt them and to the company's credit they've they've provided fairly regularly I think it's weekly updates um, to mm. the market in terms of how things are going and and since the reopening over the last several weeks, they've been signing up more business. Um, so, look, a positive, but it's just not happening in the share price. So mm. that just has me a little bit worried that 
you know, I guess the collective wisdom of the market knows something that, that we can't see right. at face value. So, um, yeah, a lot of potential in the business, just not kicking on. As David mentioned, the, yeah, every time it gets anywhere near $4, someone starts hitting the sell button. So, right. to me, it's not ready to, to make a move yet. One to watch, but for now, yeah. I think there's a bit of But weakness. as da David was saying, you get all these young goer fintechs, um, you know, your Zips and your Afterpays and your Sezzles and all that sort of stuff. And then you think, oh, what are the companies that have been left behind that are undervalued? And Tyro yeah. and Flexi Group are the two that everyone goes, oh, they've let, been left behind. Yeah. They will start to move. But often, as you were saying, Michael, there's a reason why, <laughs> why they haven't yeah. moved and they may not. And Tyro's got a bit more of a physical presence, obviously, with Afterpay. Yeah. Um, they, they could sit back and sign up people all over the place but with Tyro it's more yeah. you know you've got to get yourself down there and you've got to do the tap and go and, and yeah. obviously if people are buying online they're not quite using Tyro as they would yeah. uh, enough yeah. to pay. I mean just look at the numbers okay they've got 32,000 Australian merchants signed up so that's quite yeah. a yeah. bit right yeah. which jet processed more than 20 billion in transaction value which translated to 210 uh, million in revenue we haven't got to well, profit yet, right? Yeah. So would I buy a business for 1.7, 1.8 billion yeah. that's generating a total revenue of 210 million at the moment with no earnings, yeah. positive yeah. earnings? Not on yeah, your yeah. life, not at this yeah. price. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did have a chuckle the other day when one of my adult kids got an offer from a credit card company saying um, they've done a deal with Afterpay that you can use your credit card to make your afterpay repayments <laughs> and earn points on it. And I thought, this is getting silly. <laughs> you know, rather than just buy good and pay for it, yes, you know, I'm old enough to remember lay-by and that was good. This is like an electronic version of lay-by. But then to add another financial layer by paying, using a, the credit card to pay it off, then you having to pay the credit card off to get points. I thought, this is getting crazy. <laughs> it's got like musical chairs, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> exactly. Building layer on layer of debt. Um, now, Will wants a view, uh, Michael, on Tesserin. Mm. Uh, uh, basically, it's the cyber security group, um, but they've just done a big acquisition or merger with Optic Security Group out of, out of New Zealand. It's more a physical security group, yeah. isn't it? So matching cyber uh, with physical. Yeah, look, I mean, I know this one's been fairly popular on the show. It, it does look like at the moment it's hitting a brick wall in terms of its share price performance. Yeah. Um, they've made a number of acquisitions over the last several months and, um, you know, that will be great for their earnings and the market has been excited by that. It's, it's rallied from about 10 cents to about 40. But I think now that, um, you know, possible indigestion starting to, yeah. to worry the market, you, you make all these acquisitions yeah, they add to your earnings, but trying to integrate them. I mean, making mm. one acquisition is hard enough. Um, so I just think that there's, you know, there is good potential for this company, but I think for the moment the market's going to possibly just market down and want to see, you know, maybe their results in February or whatever. Whether they can just, pull just, it off. Yeah, exactly. So, right. uh, and, and yeah, just but judging by the way it's trading, I think it'll probably get a bit cheaper. So if you're super excited about this, I think you could probably pick it up closer to 30 cents. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. David? Yeah, look, um, 
what a run this has had. Oh, yeah. um, well, it's in a great space, is that cyber security? Everyone's can. You even have the prime minister yeah. saying, yeah. you mm. know, so cyber security is the nation's, yeah. one of the nation's top priorities. But it's gone from like five cents, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in April, May, yep. to where it is today, right, 37, 38 cents, valuing this business at 310 million. Okay, yep. now. Again, I look at the numbers and, uh, you know, you've, yeah, they've got $3 million in earnings, $3 million in earnings. They're talking about, you know, gross revenues of $100 million this year going up to $150 million next year. Now, they have made acquisitions, as Michael pointed out. They've also yeah. recently announced a joint venture in New Zealand with another, another security firm. Um, so that's going increasing their, their, that will definitely increase their revenue. The, the problem I've got here, again, you know, look, I'm a numbers per man, yeah. you know. Total revenue for this year was 20, um, uh, 20 million. Right. Okay, net loss was 7.8 million for the year. 7.8 million. Now, just in, they've got employee benefits um, uh, costs of like four, just under 14 million, software license just under six, and mm. consulting legal costs of four million. Okay. So um, then I look at the balance sheet and they've got like four and a half million in cash thereabouts or just under, okay? And net assets of 18 million or just under 19 million. Do I want to buy a business for $310 million that's losing 7.8 million and it's got net assets of 19 million? Yes, they've got good growth prospects going yep. forward. Uh, yep. And they are in fact now the largest listed cyber security firm in Australia, surprise to me. Right. but. Would I be rushing to buy this company? Now, they've got expansion plans for overseas as well. But yep. again, it comes back to, to valuation. Now, that doesn't mean it can't go, keep going higher in this market when there's mm. zero rates yep. and people love the story yep. and get excited about it. But it's not investment grade for me. Right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, appreciate you suggesting Tesseret there. Let's uh, recap our first uh, five stocks and stock of the day. Uh, Infratil was our stock of the day. It's under takeover offer at the moment from uh, Australian Super. It has rejected that offer. Uh, share prices zoomed up. Both uh, Michael and David are saying, sell it, take, adva <laughs> take advantage of this massive run in the share price at the moment. Uh, James Hardy, uh, a hold from David. Um, Michael says he'd be buying it at these, these levels. A lot of his clients there. Uh, erring towards a hold rather than a, than a buy, but at these levels still worth buying if you're not in it. Um, Carnarvon Petroleum, a yes from both uh, Michael and David. It's a really junior oil explorer down at that level, not a, a premium prestige uh, oil producer, but some really exciting um, areas that they're, they're exploring in. Uh, David also suggested Horizon um, is another good one that's actually producing at the moment, he believes is undervalued. Um, Reese, a sell from, uh, from David, uh, a no from Michael, uh, Tyro Payments, a no from both, and Tesserend, a no as well. As you know, here on the call, we, we track our own portfolio since the 1st of July. All the stocks that get two thumbs up, like Carnarvon Petroleum, go into the calls portfolio. If they come back out, and, and up for judgment, adjudication at a future episode, the cell, and they don't get the anonymous uh, vote again, they go out of the, uh, the portfolio. Let's take a look at the, 
that calls one week return up one and a half percent for the month, eight and a half percent, and since the first of July, twenty five percent. Take a look at some of the stocks. Our expert panels have recently added Bravura, uh, Premier Investments, Newcrest, Woodside, BetaShares Global Energy ETF. Our stocks taken out uh, have included Blue Scope Steel and Smart Group, uh, and you can check all the uh, the stocks that we have in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, coming up uh, just after one o'clock, just after uh, the call, uh, we talk to Chief Executive Sebastian Chang from VIP Gloves as the company approves a dividend payout ratio of up to 40% of earnings. Uh, that's next right here on Ausbiz. All right, let's go to our uh, sixth stock and uh, David, Keith wants a view on a company called Ecograph, um, and it's um, an explorer, graphite and nickel explorer and developer in Mm. Tanzania, which makes it a bit exotic. Yeah, they've got a very good, this is an interesting one. It's a small cap. It's only around 60 odd million, 64 million market value. No earnings. It's it's an explorer. Explorer. And they have discovered, they have got a very good high purity graphite deposit of flake graphite. And it's low cost, so um, you know there, there's there's a high profit margin on the graphite that they've discovered. Um, they've also what they've um, discovered is a, um, a, a they've got this project where they've developed um, um, uh, record um, batteries with uh, what are they called? Oh, lithium. Uh, lithium. Uh, lithium ion batteries, but recycling them. Ah. So which is a po- very which is a big positive for the market because right. one of the problems environmentally is getting rid of batteries. Yep, so yep. they've discovered a methodology here hmm. of actually recycling these lithium, okay. lithium ion batteries, which is what I think is, is one of the most exciting aspects of their business, par- apart from the graphite. Yep. But they're also uh, going to build a new state-of-the-art processing facility in Western Australia. Uh, the Tanzanian, Tanzanian, Oh, yep. government <laughs> is is looking you know they're uh, in the process of extending a 60 million us dollar loan to oh. build the graphite mine in in tanzania mm. yeah i got it right this time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so look i i like this one on the watch list okay right. uh yep. wouldn't be rushing to buy it because they they are going to be raising some capital no right. doubt about that because i think they've only got a couple of million dollars in the bank so you know you can guarantee at some point they will be raising capital. So I would be waiting for that. Yeah, two point three million right. at the end of September. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I, I like the prospects of this business given yeah. the growth of electric vehicles. Right. Uh, this one I would definitely have on my watch okay. list. I wouldn't be rushing to buy it today, and expect a capital raising down the track. And a loan from the Tanzanian government because a lot of people would say, oh, "What's the sovereign risk of having a business based in Tanzania?" But if the Tanzanian government is getting involved in it and lending the money, that's uh, at yeah. least a positive, yeah. one positive. But if you want to get into a bigger graphite player, um, Syra Resources, because right. they're, they're building a plant in the US. Now they've right. suspended operations um, in, um, where is their plant located? I think in West Africa there as well. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're about to recommence. But what's got the market excited about uh, their share price recently is the, the production plant they're going to be building in the US, mm. in Kentucky. Okay. All right, so. have a look at Syro. Michael, what do you think of Ecograph? 
Um, pretty much echo David's thoughts. Look, I hadn't heard of this one um, yep. before today, but looking into it seems promising. Obviously, very early stage, um, not one that I'd be having a go at. Obviously, the potential for the capital raising, we could see they're trying to build that processing facility in WA, which is, I think it's 20-something million dollars um, that it'll end up costing them and they don't have the cash there. So, um, and then when I look at the way it's trading, I could see the market's obviously a bit cautious. It's not going anywhere. So yeah. potentially one for the watch list if you're into the explorers. Um, don't need to rush into it. Okay. All right. Um, Michael Giuliana wants a view on Megaport, the, uh, the big data centre uh, organisation. Basically, mm. the two leaders in this sector are, are NextDC and Megaport, aren't they? The, the yeah. two groups. Uh, Megaport, a bit lower down in valuation. Yeah, look, I, 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 st I think I've still got to completely get my head around what Megaport does, I have to be right. brutally honest, but it looks like um, with what they do, they're the market leader. So, you know, they allow businesses to basically, through their data centres, get onto the cloud uh, yeah. in a much quicker fashion than they might otherwise would be able to. So, you know, around certain times of the year when businesses need that extra sort of bandwidth, they could, you know, yep. sort of click a button and, and off they go and, yeah. and, and ramp it up and ramp it back down. So it seems really interesting. It looks like Megaport was one of the first movers in that space. So in terms of Australia, they're, they're pretty much the, the leader in that space. Um, the revenue's growing quite rapidly. They've got some good businesses signed up, um, some major multinationals. So look, everything's looking good there. Um, when I look at the way it's trading on the chart, I just as we could see on the on the graphic um it's been going backwards since about august september mm. what has our market done um it's probably returned about 10 percent in that period of time so it's underperforming at the moment i think 13 dollars is a key level for it it looks like it's trying to establish support but every time it tries to rally it gets sold back down so good business one to keep an eye on i'm just not convinced by the price action at the moment okay david Oh, yeah, look, I, I can't get excited about this one. I, I mean, again, I look at their cash flow statement. I mean, the valuation of this company is just a little over $2 billion. Okay, this is what we're seeing everywhere. Look at that run-up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, they are expanding, but here's for the last previous quarter. Okay, here are the numbers. Like $17 million in revenue, and then after uh, manufacturing, operating costs, and staff costs, it'll, um, a negative cash flow of $8.5 million for the quarter. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, so going back. What do you say it's valued at? Uh, two billion. Two, two billion. Two billion. Okay. The good thing is they've and got a bit of cash. cash right. Okay. They've got one hundred and fifty-two million in the bank. Right. So they can they can ride it out for some time. Yep. But on that valuation again, it's, they've never made a profit yet. Yep. No doubt they will. Yeah. And they're expanding overseas in the U.S. as well. Um, you know, look, some some brokers have got a higher. Funny enough, there's there's. there's Quite a bullish sentiment out there from about nine brokers with an average price target of you know sixteen dollars ninety two wow. which is even higher than where it is now yeah. I, but you get be uh, getting back to those peaks yeah and look, of this, august and that's rolling over you see how that the share price is what i call starting to roll over here yeah so i wouldn't buy it for that reason alone yeah but i, I just can't get the valuation i don't know what anybody sees in terms of buying yeah. it up here yeah down at lower levels, definitely, but not at this price for, for my money. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Juliana, thank you for that. Uh, good analysis there from both Michael and David.
Um, David Paul wants a view on ARB. They uh, are basically in, look, if you want to pimp your four wheel drive, you go to ARB. Um, <laughs> that's, that's basically what it does. In um, bull bars, um, tents on your roof, all that sort of stuff. So it's in the uh, motor vehicle accessory industry, put it that way, has been going absolutely uh, gangbusters. I've got a mate who works for them, so I get get some in. They, there's some, to, to pimp your four-wheel drive now, um, apparently there's a 10-week waiting list wow. to get it into ARB. They're finding it um, uh, short of uh, parts. Uh, he was telling me it was, he was at an Orange Field Day, Orange, the town, the other day, and because um, they all talk, these sorts of businesses, and the Jayco Caravan dealer in Orange usually has 60 caravans on the lot. Uh, he had eight, all waiting for delivery at the yeah. moment, and yeah. apparently Jayco Caravans are just gangbusters. Private company, unfortunately, Jayco, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing sector because we're all locked down. That's right. Uh, COVID's very much helped this business. Yeah. And um, as you said, with caravans and four-wheel drives, um, you know, and they've had a, a good quarter. The previous quarter had a 17% increase yep. in revenue. Um, the problem is the profit before tax for the quarter is 27 million. Okay, that's before um, tax and other right. costs, depreciation. 40 times, that puts it on a 40 times earnings multiple. Wow on a valuation of 2.3 billion. Again, ARB's 2.3 billion. billion in market Ooh. value. Um, that's what the market is attaining value for this business. Um, so I would not be buying it up here. See, um, pre-COVID was, you look at that was 19. Yeah. Then the massive drop up, and now it's been it, it, up to 32. It's been on a tear. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Uh, but again, you know, it, I mean, the growth has been, the sales growth has been great in, uh, the last quarter. But again, for value, my money for on value, I can't buy it yep. up here. It's just too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel the same way. So it, um, yeah, it's interesting to see during February, March, COVID hit, the shares nearly halved in value. Obviously, we're worried no one's going to yep. spend money. And then there was, yep. uh, we all realised, well, hang on, we've, most of us still have some money, but we're just not spending it there. We're going to spend yeah. it here. So, you, you got know, Jeb Kiwi, you could raid yeah. the super. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Which the I think was the <laughs> under, understated gem of this economic stimulus yeah. is allowing everyone to take 20 grand out of their super. It was a massive economic stimulus mm, the government didn't have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. Ge genius. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we've seen a share price head from $10 to, to over $30. Yeah. So, yeah. fantastic run, but as David said, they just don't have the, yeah, their the business is booming, but I think this is a, a classic case where the share price is just well overshot. Yep. And I don't think it's the type of business, you know, it's not a zero or an afterpay where, okay, they're super expensive, but you can say, well, they just have to pick up. There's so many other customers they could pick up. I think with this type of business, I think yep. you're, yeah, you're sort of limited over the next several months as to... Um, what sort of growth they can achieve. I think, you know, this time next year, we'll, we'll at least start to see, yeah, everyone's everyone's done their bit. They've, yeah. you know, doled up their, yeah. their, their, their <laughs> they vehicle. They've their four-wheel drive in the last a few years. Yeah, yeah. then that's, that's, that's the end of it. So um, maybe the market's starting to realise that because, and I'm sure David will agree, the chart for the last several weeks looks very, very ordinary. It doesn't yeah. sort of look like that on, that on this particular chart on the screen. But, yeah. 
you know, when we look at our candlestick yeah, charts. Yeah, you this one. Yeah, yeah you it's could, a better one. You know, it's basically <coughs> when it gets sold off, it gets belted. And then when it yeah. rallies, it, it, it goes up very marginally. And um, I think it will continue to drop. The line in the sand here, there's very obvious support at, at $28 because it's bounced off that a few times. So yep. what does that mean? That means a lot of people place their stops at $28. So it'll be quite self-fulfilling. I think if it breaks $28, all the stop losses get triggered. And um, and it's not the most liquid of um, companies either. So no. I think you could see a, a swift move down. Yeah, so the, I'd fam be, the family have a big stake, don't they? Yeah, the so I'd, I'd be, if it was me, I'd be getting out now before yep. um, before it starts sliding and then you've got no liquidity to get out at a yep. good price. Yeah, and uh, that's not to say it's a bad company. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Markets really rallied. It's the same sort of company, but mm. as David and Michael both keep saying, you just can't justify it at these valuation levels yep. on what it's earning. Um, Michael, Adrian wants a view on uh, BWX Limited. They're a developer, manufacturer, marketer of skin and hair care products. Obviously, I'm Adam, I'm depth on this one. Um, <laughs> in the natural beauty and personal care, they've got some. Uh, great brand Sukin, um, Andalau Naturals, I think my wife has used that. Uh, the Nourished Life Brands as well. Mm. Yeah, look, I guess this is another one of those surprising beneficiaries of COVID. You wouldn't yeah. think people would be fixing themselves up if you got nowhere to go, but, yeah. but uh, they, they are for some Keep reason. Fixing yourself up for the Zoom <laughs> conference. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they've, they've, they've benefited from that. They're... Yeah. Um, they're expanding in Europe, so they're seeing some good revenue growth over there. So there's a number of positives. Um, again, this is one that seems to be underperforming over the last few weeks. So when I sort of put my trader's hat on and, and, and look at that chart, I say, well, hang on, market's gone up 10%, let's call it, since September. This one's dropped uh, about 20%, 25 um, And it looks like it's still sliding. So for whatever reason, the market's not getting too excited about it anymore and um, we'll probably see cheaper levels so yeah. I'd rather stay on the sidelines with this one. Okay. David? Yeah look it's uh, as you said it's got yeah. some great products um, yeah I, I would have expected a, a business like this an online business especially with the the return on equity would be in the 20 plus area return 20% yeah. plus it's it's average around you know um, around six or seven percent um, yep. And that's very low. Uh, they've got a good margin on their products, but I don't understand why the return on equity is so low. That's the first thing. It's trading on a high multiple of 33 times, um, mm. one half percent dividend yield. Look, I think <clears throat> again, I get back to the value of this business. They're, um, they're right now. This company at that price is valued at 550 million. Their net profit after tax for the year was 15 million. Paid 31 right. million before tax and depreciation expenses. Yeah. So 15 million right, after yeah. tax profit. <laughs> you know, so yeah. hence why the dividend yield is up. Now they've got about 28 million in cash. <coughs> I think why the market's excited about this and why there's a lot of bullish forecasts out there is their expansion into North America and China, especially right. looking mm. forward. But then again, we've got these trade issues with yeah, China right, right now. <laughs> China, China used to be a good thing. We're expanding into China. Well, now as we know, I, maybe not. So, Again, based on valuation and being cautious, I would not be buying this right. stock. And uh, the trend is not your friend right now as well. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So uh, 
Uh, thank you for that, Adrian. No on BWX. And our final one, David Camille, wants a, um, a view on Acorn Capital Investment Fund. Uh, uh, basically, a um, listed investment company in um, microcaps. Yeah, look, they've performed really well. They've had some fantastic um, IPOs in their portfolio. They've got about 83 uh, companies and there's about 22% of those are unlisted. Yep. And they've had... Well, that, uh, from my understanding, they get involved in the Series A or the seed funding. That's right. And, and look to exit yep. when it IPOs and comes on the market for a big profit, but they've been helping them along the way. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it, yeah. would you class it almost as a venture capital type fund? Almost. It's it, they're they're into the the micro cap area, and yeah, they do uh, obviously um, are involved in lending money and private equity, you know, right. uh, participation. So there is that scope, but especially in this environment, they've had some fantastic wins here, right. and hence why the share price has just rocketed up. Yeah. Um, they're. Pre-tax NTA net tangible asset value um, reported at the end of October was a dollar forty-four. Oh. It's actually trading at that just Around slightly that above yep. that, so it's not a discount to the net asset value, which indicates that there's a lot of bullish sentiment about the company's growth going forward. Um, but you know they've got some, like I said, they've they've, they've uh, they paid dividends. They've since inception they've paid almost twenty-six cents per share, fully mm. franked. Just been pretty very good growth in dividends. Um, as I said, the performance. So I was just looking at their performance table here. Average uh, return since its inception on the fund has been 11.7 percent. That's pretty good. Yeah. But especially in the last six months, you know, they've had some really big wins with a couple of recent IPOs. They got Red Bubble in there. I was just ah. looking at some of their top top ten. So they're diversified as well. You know, they've got. Um, Gold, okay. in gold, healthcare, uh, medic, they've got uh, medtech as well, um, mm. battery, they've got, yeah, involved in the battery, clean energy space. Yeah. Um, so really quite a nice diversified, diversified mm. portfolio. And 30, nearly 38% in the top 10, they, they've had investments in like stocks like, I just lost it here, but Redbubble, for example, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and others. So look. It's Redbubble's done, which is like a listed version of Etsy. Yeah, but yeah. this will be vulnerable to any sell-off in the market, particularly right. in the tech sector. Okay, right. so you ride it while you can. Yeah, uh, it's had a massive rally here, uh, but stick with it. Um, personally, I'd like a, a more diversified fund that's not so much heavily weighted right. to IPO. Uh, Cadence Capital would be my okay. choice, around yep. eighty-seven cents CDM, and they're trading at a discount of to um, their their net, and they publish their net asset value every week, which is around a dollar. Okay. So they've got some, you know, okay. um, great. Um, right. So cadence instead wouldn't be a buy it, hold it if you're in it. You'd hold this. Right. I mean, okay. you know, the growth is there. Okay. Uh, there's no sell signal right now, but I wouldn't be chasing it right. up here. Michael. Um, yeah. Look, same at the end of the day. So happy to hold. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I still think these things have a little bit further to run, and, and this thing's been heading the right way. And yep. um, obviously, it looks like if you want that sort of micro cap exposure. This one's yeah. got the, the track record, it's doing all the right mm. things. So this is a good way to um, to get it. Obviously, you need to look at what's, you know, what you want within that fund, as, as, as David yeah. highlighted. It's a bit more skewed towards certain areas, but yeah, look quite simply without repeating what David said, I'd um, you know, be happy to hold this. Yeah.
There you go, Camille. Uh, thanks for suggesting that. Appreciate it. Let's uh, recap the uh, the final five stocks. Both David and Michael um, have put EcoGraph on their watch list. Really interesting company uh, going forward. Wouldn't buy it at the moment. See how it, it continues to develop. Megaport, a no. Um, ARB, uh, a no from David, just purely on the massive valuation. Um, Michael's saying if you've ridden ARB up, take your profits <laughs> and sell out at the moment because it's just going sideways and has the potential on the charts to go down further. Uh, BWX a no and Acorn is a hold. Interesting fund, David also likes uh, Cadence as well. Uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equity, thanks for joining us. Good thanks to David. see you, mate. And David Novak from Wealthwise. Always great to have your thoughts on the call. My pleasure. Uh, that's our show for today. If you'd like us to look at any stocks, put them to our expert panel each day. Just email them through the call at osbiz.com.au. Tweet us using the at TV handle. A reminder, if you want to take a look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, which uh, now includes Carnarvon Petroleum after today's adjudication, head to the osbiz.co forward slash portfolio site. Uh, if you want a, a wrap up of the day in business and finance, everything that's happened on the markets and startups, Nadine and Scuddy have your full wrap. It's in your inbox by 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we include the stock of the day, Scuddy's view on the macro landscape and the top interviews of the day. Subscribe to osbiz.co slash join. As I say, it's in your inbox at 5.30. Um, now, uh, Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3 p.m. Um, these are all the companies that are not listed that could be in Acorn's portfolio going through. Um, every day the team looks at companies seeking capital and all the latest in startup. Uh, Lex Pedersen uh, joins the team today, one of the many founders on the show today, as he launches a new luxury car fund that has already raised $5 million, and he'll explain that on the Startup Daily Show. So a lot happening between now and when we're off air later this afternoon after the markets close. You don't want to miss a minute of it. We'll be back after the break.